Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, brought to you by StarWarsDaily.com. The Force will be with you, always. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Galactic Republic, Confederacy of Independent Systems, and various mercenary factions vie for control of the galaxy in a seemingly never-ending conflict known as the Clone Wars. Caught in the middle of this epic struggle, the Jedi Knights strive to maintain order and civility in a deadly game that is being manipulated by the Dark Lords of the Sith. From the war-torn front lines, Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their dedicated team of analysts emerge as voices of truth and stability in these dark and deceptive times. Hello and welcome to the 113th episode of Frontlines the Clone Wars podcast uh, for the episode Missing in Action. I am your host, Michael Cohen, and with me as always, my faithful co-host, Matt the Crankster Crinky. Hey, what's happening? It's a new year, Mike. We got Mm -hmm. 100 episodes of the Clone Wars and... George Lucas is getting married. It's mass hysteria. It's raining cats yeah. and dogs. It's crazy around. <laughs> hey, episode 113 for the first episode of 2013. Yes, it is. Actually, what a coincidence. wow. Hey, no wonder so. Lucas has to sell uh, Lucasfilm. He's getting married. <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> hey, yeah, that's. We all we all reach that point in our relationships where uh, eventually we have to kind of put Star Wars yeah. aside because, yeah. you know, because of, of a of a of a woman or a man or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and uh, George Lucas is no different. He's uh, he's embarking. I think this is one of the big things. He's he uh, he's embarking on a new chapter in his life, and he wanted to kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he's done with Star Wars. He's just no no. Stepping aside and letting other people take the reins. You know, so, he, he's uh, still. So I, I mean, I'm I'm really happy for him. Uh, we wish him and uh, it's Melody, right? Yes, right. Yes, yeah. the best. Yeah, uh, you know, their, uh, that's the way the way it is. When you get married, you gotta, you know, as as a bachelor, you gotta get rid of things. You know, I had to get rid of my boat. Lucas has to get rid of Lucasfilm for four billion dollars. Hey, you know, it's kind of the same thing. But uh, yeah, you know, that's the way it is, right? Hey, hey, I bet you kept the profits from your boat. He didn't keep the <laughs> profits from selling Lucasfilm. So <laughs> No, that's I mean true. did you sell your did you sell that and then donate it all to an education fund? I did not No. No. Uh, he's got one up on you then. I had he's to pay off some bills, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got uh, some things to talk about, a new episode. Uh, continuing our um, Abafar arc here, I guess we'll call that. Uh, so let's get into the news. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Welcome. I have been expecting you. This is just the beginning. This is where the fun begins. Join us or die. Our meeting was not a coincidence. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. (laughs) 
All right, Mike, and I thought that we would, instead of doing news this week, mm-hmm. you know, like I said earlier, it's been uh, 100 episodes yes. of The Clone Wars, and I thought we could just briefly uh, maybe talk about our favorite or most notable episodes of the first 100. Yes. And uh, so let's let's do that now. You know, I'm going to, I'll just rattle off my, uh, here, here's the way I did it, actually. I, I kind of changed it up a little bit. I decided, you know what, I'm going to pick one that stood out for me for each season. So okay. I kind of broke it up for each season. Uh, season season one, I had to go back to the beginning ambush, the first episode, set the tone. Uh, you know, you had Yoda in the cave with the clones and that, that cool scene with him. And it's like the first time we've seen, you know, whether it be stormtroopers or whatever, kind of broken down into that level. Like, wow, this is this is a different series. So it kind of set the tone for this for this series. Uh, other notable ones in, in season one were Rookies, for me, Lair of Grievous, Hostage Crisis, the uh, arrival of Cad Bane. So that'd be season one for me. Season two, uh, I thought landing at Point Rain. Another, you know, you had Waxer, Boyle, Kenobi, Kiati uh, Mundi, Anakin. He had clones with flamethrowers, uh, Y-Wings, and it kind of was one of those breakthrough episodes. I remember them talking about how this was like pushing the envelope for this series. And to look back at it now, it's like, okay, they're, they're actually doing that now. But back then in season two, mm-hmm. uh, that was a really standout episode. Of course, uh, another favorites of mine were Lightsaber Lost. Uh, the Deserter was another favorite of mine in season two. Uh, season three um, might be a little bit, uh, not controversial, but a lot of people didn't like this, but I did. Uh, the Mortis Trilogy, Ghost of Mortis, the last one, really enjoyed mm-hmm. that one. The father, son, the daughter, you had Qui-Gon in there. Uh, Whitwer uh, coming forth as the son, his fantastic performance, and uh, the father, how he tells Anakin he is he is the chosen one, and he and he warns Anakin in that episode about uh, falling to the dark side, and and we saw Ahsoka sort of go to the dark side. It was one of those wild episodes that like really yeah. made you think. So uh, I love that one. Uh, the Night Sisters arc was another standout for season three for me. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, but yeah, the Mortis trilogy. I, I kind of enjoyed that. Uh, let's see, number four, uh, I went with, um, there's a couple, I mean, we're talking about all these episodes, there's lots of good ones, but Crisis on Naboo for me, uh, I love that final act of the Reiko Hardin arc. Anakin, uh, you know, maybe that was him, possibly, mm-hmm. we talked about this, Mike, that was possibly where Palpatine wanted Anakin to fall, or maybe it was a test, or either way, yeah. you know, he might have been falling right there. So I thought that was really cool how they set that up. Uh, the Umbaran arc for season four was kind of cool for me. Uh, I like that. I like mm-hmm. Krell. And uh, Revenge, um, the return of Darth Maul. You can't leave that one out as far as season four. And my final one for season five, of course, so far, Mike, so far, mm-hmm. you got to go with Revival. I mean, yeah. uh, Breakout performances from from Hondo, Anaka, uh, Darth Maul, Savage. Uh, it had everything I wanted in there. Lightsaber, Kenobi, uh, funny moments, and uh, like I said, breakthrough performance from Hondo. So, yeah. so yeah. far from season five, I mean, I'm sure that's going to be surpassed from what we get towards the end of this season. So mm. those are just a few of my notable uh, favorites of the first 100, Mike. What do you got for me? Well, uh, mine. I guess. I guess I'll do what you did. I'll, I'll kind of okay. go through. I kind of. I kind of. Season. I kind of sprung that on you, but I just. Yeah. Did no. Last no. Time. It's. It's all good. <laughs> okay. Uh, I. You know. In my. In my list of my top five, which I think has changed a lot since the summer, uh, when we had our hundredth episode, and I think we kind of did a top five. Mm-hmm. I. 
I've almost got one from every season. The season that I have a hard time finding a favorite episode from is season three. Three. I knew you were going to say that. I, yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I, there's really not anything in season three that stands out as really great stuff. There was, it was, uh, that was a housekeeping season. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and it really shows, I think. Maybe my least favorite season. Um, yeah. Season three. Yeah. Um, but I mean, obviously I'll start with, uh, with my favorite episode of the entire series and that's Trespass. Of course. I, I don't, I don't know that anything's ever going to unseat Trespass. I think that you, it's hard, you'd be hard pressed. I, there's just something about that episode that I love. I, it's just, it's kind of, I've, I've mentioned it before. It has that sort of a, almost like a Star Trek type vibe, um, where it's very political and that sort of thing. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me is that it, it, uh, it has that prequel feel to it. Um, and by prequel feel, I don't mean the crazy action sequences or uh, far off places or you know rapid storytelling or any of that. I mean the the uh, the intrigue, the 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 Jedi at their height. Mm-hmm. Um, Trespass could almost be like you could almost switch out Obi Wan and Anakin for Qui Gon and Obi Wan, and uh, and have the episode be just as effective and just as good. It's got that that sense of the Jedi before the war, and uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why it stands out for me. So uh, I mean that's that's obviously my overall of the entire series, still my favorite. Mm-hmm. But uh, but another standout, uh, I agree with you for season one is ambush uh that that first episode really sets a tone um mm-hmm. yeah it it does a lot of really great stuff for uh letting us know what the clone wars is going to be like and giving us that side of yoda that i think we really missed in the prequels mm-hmm. uh something that was there in empire that that was missing throughout episodes one two and three um and then another one is uh is hostage crisis oh yeah uh the introduction of cad bane who has become a bad guy amongst bad guys uh, in the Star Wars universe. I mean, he's really he's really taken his his place among like Boba Fett and Darth Maul and even Darth Vader to a certain degree as one of those characters that you love to hate. That's just like you know he's 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 a bad guy, but he's awesome, mm-hmm. right? You still you love him. So uh, his introduction in that one, just awesome. And then uh, moving on to season two. Uh, I think in season two, Children of the Force is really my favorite episode from that season. Um, that whole chunk of episodes with uh, with with Cad Bane right. uh, is is excellent. But but really, I think Children of the Force kind of the culmination of that storyline, and uh, and just really has this great. I don't know. Just it, there's a lot of really cool stuff in it. It's it's kind of got that episode two, Obi Wan tracking uh, uh, Cad Bane sort of thing like he's always kind of a step behind him and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I, I, I really enjoyed that I, I love that episode um, I mean I guess if I if I had to pick other ones in in season two the deserter is a great episode uh, shades of that in uh, in the episode this week right yeah, um, yeah. and uh, and and I mean that that three-part uh, season finale to season two is pretty great with Death Trap R two come home and Lethal Track Lethal Track uh, yeah mm-hmm. the first first time that's the first time we saw Boba Fett right right that's, uh, yeah. that's the introduction of him so I uh, yeah that's my season two standouts season three 
uh, clone cadets and arc troopers. I, it's hard to pick a favorite amongst those two, but uh, but those are really those are the two in that season. If I but if I had to pick out one that stands out, uh, I agree with you. It's Ghosts of Mortis. Uh, really, the Mortis trilogy is just amazing. Uh, as is the Night Sister trilogy. Right. It really stands out in in that season. Um, but the the story that was told in Ghosts of Mortis. Um, it almost feels like a Marvel comic, right? Like the old school mm-hmm. Star Wars Marvel comics where it's like, we know it's in the Star Wars universe, but it's kind of on the fringes. Right. It's kind of on that, on, on the side of it. Because um, they go in, they're there, everything happens. Then they come out and they find out that like no time has passed. Not, it hasn't affected anything, really. It's just this thing between the three, those three characters, this shared experience mm-hmm. that uh, they that could fit anywhere in the continuity. You know, like it doesn't really matter when that happened because mm. it's kind of it's kind of a place out of time. So it's got alternate that, that timeline. Same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is a really cool, a really cool uh, uh, way of doing that, and then just. The revelations of of what the chosen one meant, right? Um, and some crazy force powers too from, from yeah. Anakin. Yeah, just wow, pushing the boundaries. Yeah. Well, yeah. and in that in that highlight reel, that highlight trailer of the hundred episodes, I think one of my favorite parts of that is when you see Anakin sort of tortured and in pain, mm-hmm. and uh, and the clouds swirling around him, and it turns into the mask of Vader, and it's just like that's that's a moment from. Uh, the micro series that I feel they were echoing in that right I sort of there's that moment in the micro series where he touches the wall and it does the whole animation thing and it ends up telling this whole story and then ending in in Vader's mask uh, which I always really loved from the micro series so it's sort of it echoes that and it's obviously foreshadowing the future and all that so it's really cool stuff that they can do since we know what's going to happen right right Um, so then going into season four uh, season four had some good stuff. I really enjoyed uh, the uh, the um, uh, Shadow Warrior is a great episode. Uh, the the death of uh, of Captain Captain Tarkles, yeah, uh, is is possibly the most emotional moment in the entire series so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that's that that's a moment, and you know I think it's got some competition coming up. But I uh, uh, later on in season five, possibly I what I think is going to be the season finale. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, but Shadow Warrior, that death of Tarples is is a really really great moment, uh, and and possibly the most emotional that the series has ever gotten for me at least. Yeah, great. Um, yeah. The Slaver arc is awesome. Uh, a friend in need is a is a great great episode. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the stuff with uh, Reiko Hardeen is is pretty great. Um, but for me, the standout episode of season four is always going to be Bounty, and I, and I said this last year, oh, yeah, yeah. or last season, I guess last year when we were uh, when we were talking about it, uh, Bounty made me care about a character that I didn't like, and uh, and and now I'm waiting. Like I, I am, I I was at C six and I and I sought out the uh, that. Uh, graphic novel that's got the like five seconds of Asajj Ventress at the beginning of it mm-hmm. that's it's all about uh, Savage and uh, and and Darth Maul um, and Obi-Wan and Mace Windu tracking them down but and it leads right into revival but I uh, revenge but yeah. the, uh, or brothers brothers no, 
Brothers. No, it leads right into Revival. It takes off at the end of Revenge and leads into Revival. The uh, the the graphic novel. I'm oh, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. But Bounty is the episode that made me care about that. About like getting that comic so that I could find out what happened at at the end of Revenge when Obi Wan and Asajj went off together. Because if that had happened in in another context, the two of them having to team up, if it had happened at another time in the series before Bounty, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have cared, right? I would have just been like, whatever, it's something that happened behind the scenes. But because of what happens in Bounty, uh, and to a certain degree Massacre, and uh, obviously going back to the Night Sister trilogy, it's all kind of connected, but uh, culminating in Bounty and then following up in Revenge... Uh, I really care about that character now. I really care about what happens to Asajj Ventress, mm-hmm. a character that I previously not only did I not care, I actively disliked her. <laughs> I every time she showed up, I was like, I get rid of her. I don't. I don't care. Like, I don't, I don't want to see her. I want to see Grievous. I want to see Dooku. I want to see Cad Bane. Like, why are you wasting screen time on Asajj Ventress? And now this season. I am waiting with bated breath. I mean, everybody's waiting for this stuff with the Mandalorians and and, uh, and yeah. Darth Maul and Obi Wan and everything. And yeah, I'm excited. Uh, the clip that that Tim just posted earlier today, uh, Monday as of this recording, I with uh, with uh, Death Watch sort of uh, recovering uh, Darth Maul and so I'm excited. Yeah. Like like that's that's awesome. But. Yeah. What I am much more excited about are the clips that we saw at C6 of Asajj Ventress and Ahsoka Tano, mm-hmm. particularly with the last five seconds of that yeah. uh, of that uh, last hundred episodes trailer, where they kind of snuck in something that's not from the last hundred episodes, that something yeah. that's from. I think it's going to be the season finale, and, uh, and what, you know we can talk about that uh, later, but I. Uh, I think that my predictions from C six are gonna stand. I, I think that I I'm I'm on the right track. That mm-hmm. that 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 Ahsoka is going down a path uh, very similar to the path that Asajj traveled in Bounty. Uh, they're just coming at it from mm-hmm. opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, and they're gonna end up in the same place. So, I uh, you know Bounty. It, it just it's really it's an episode that turned the series on its head for me. And so out of season four, a season with a lot of really great stuff, uh, Bounty just stands out to me. I mean, Bounty really I, probably stands out to me in the series overall. It's probably my second or third favorite episode. I, I'll put it third favorite episode of the entire series. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously Revenge is great, right? The rest of that storyline's awesome. Yeah. But uh, with the exception of Brothers. Brothers, but, yeah. yeah. I, uh, going into season five, obviously revival, kick things off, uh, and it, it's it's uh, in my in my list of top five. Uh, I've got it written down there, yeah. Um, as my number five, uh, but there's also a bit of a sentimentality. I mean, that was I I watched it alongside Steve and and Kyle and Jason and. Uh, oh right, yeah, C six, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and Carl and uh, and and uh, Riley and Bethany, uh, and and my wife Crystal was there, uh, and you know we were in the same audience as Sam Witwer and Matt Lanter and James Arnold Taylor and and you know like that 
for me, Revival is always going to have a really special place because of that moment, because of that sort of that special season premiere uh, gala red carpet sort of thing uh, that, that we got to experience at C6. Sorry, uh, C6? Yeah, C6. Yeah. I'm, al- I'm already getting ready for C7. <laughs> See, that's, what, that's more of my mindset yeah. that I'm like, C7, come on, let's go to C7. Uh, <laughs> um, but then the gathering uh i talked about this when we we talked about it just recently uh when we did our episode about it the gathering for me is uh everything that 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 i feel like i've been missing about star wars for a while now uh is all in there um all all that stuff it kind of goes back to ambush it's that stuff about the force and the magic of it Hmm. and I, and the mystery, although we were revealed, you know, like this is this is how the younglings take that next step on their training, uh, and we had that an- that question answered. Uh, it posed so many more questions, and and sort of just it gave us a look at the Force and the way that that it interacts with the Jedi and informs the Jedi, but it didn't necessarily tell us anything. It's there for us to examine, which is one of the things in in the original trilogy, particularly in Empire, that that I think a lot of Star Wars fans really love, and uh, and the Gathering has that in spades. So, uh, that for me so far this season, it, it has been my favorite episode, and it's uh, it's it's in there. It's it's my number two episode of all time. So nice. Wow. I, yeah. So good point. Good point. Yeah, like like that's a that's a really big thing for me. I yeah. So at some point we'll have to do the top five worst. <laughs> hey, that's a good we'll idea. have to do that because yeah. I I feel like we've done our top five favorites a lot, and I think everybody knows kind of where we stand on that, and they're keeping track for us of uh, of you know where we sort of switch things around and say you know this is now this is my favorite now this is my favorite you know and and they can they can keep track of that for us but uh, i don't think we've ever really talked about our top five worst so so so. not to make it all about negativity or anything but but i think that might be a fun thing to do so look forward to that uh, (laughs) definitely we'll hold on to that for you there you go well those are uh the first 100 Um, yeah that's kind of what we thought some news a heck of 100 episodes uh, looking forward to the rest of season five yeah, it's been amazing. Uh, this series is is a force to be reckoned with, if you'll excuse the pun. Oh, yes, uh, it is. Yeah, I mean, anybody who's not watching, I posted that. I I posted it on our on our Facebook page, and then I I reposted it for my friends uh, on my own Facebook wall timeline, whatever. And uh, uh, with the 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 sort of the caption of for all my friends who've been ignoring the clone wars for the last hundred episodes this is what you've been missing mm-hmm. and uh, and i really feel like you know when we look back at the last hundred episodes uh it's amazing it's incredible what what they've done with a tv series and i think that episode seven seven eight nine in the continuing uh uh story of star wars that we're gonna get to see on screen i think that it has a lot to uh, ode to the Clone Wars and these last hundred episodes, and uh, and and the fact that you know this kind of opened up everybody's eyes and, and showed them that there are more stories to tell in the Star Wars galaxy, 
and uh, and mm-hmm. and there's a there's a hunger for it, and uh, and I mean I think the celebrations have also shown that, um, and obviously the the other media like video games and movies era and uh, books and and comics and stuff, but above all I think that the Clone Wars has shown uh, it can be done and it can be done incredibly well, and there's there's a there's good cause to do it because we have some excellent new characters and some excellent stories for existing characters uh that we wouldn't have gotten otherwise uh if we didn't have the clone wars so so i am incredibly thankful for the last hundred episodes and i I just hope that the rest can be as awesome as as the last hundred have been yeah and you know it showed me too you know someone who's kind of grew up with the ot and, and one of the um older fans that you know what just because it's a cartoon, don't don't dismiss it. Because I I didn't really dismiss it. I just kind of like, like I've said before, I kind of recorded the first five or six and didn't even get into it to about the seventh yeah. episode. And like, wait, yeah. whoa, what? Am I, you know, I didn't even realize, you know, what was going on and what was in store. So um, it showed me that even though it's just a cartoon, it's not really just a cartoon. There's plenty of plenty of stuff there for for us uh, for all fans, whether you're a little older or in the middle or young. So. Uh, like you said, kudos to 100 episodes and and a few more. Um, but we do have to talk about the third part of this, uh, this this current arc we're on right now. Mike, you ready to do that? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Something is stirring in the underworld. Remember, there can only be two. <clears throat> you are our secret weapons. There are some citizens of the Republic who believe the Jedi Order is not what it used to be. We can help you reclaim Mandalore. Oh my, look at the time. Well, my work is done. You are a clone and a soldier in the Republic Army. I sense a deep anger in you. Everything that you fought so hard for will be destroyed. Anakin! Sometimes heroes fall, despite their strength. Onderon is out. We are brothers. The true lords of the All right, let's start it off here, Mike, uh, with Missing in Action. Colonel Gascon and the droids of D-Squad wander through the barren streets of Ponzora, a nearly abandoned, rundown, boarded, uh, nearly abandoned, rundown town. Boarded-up shops lie in the dusty streets, and a dreary and desperate denizens cast dangerous glances at the out-of-towners. Gascon is getting hungry. Both he and WAC-47 need to refuel. They head over to a nearby Greasy Spoon Diner, power sliders but its surly manager a celestine named mr borcus ejects them from the premises he doesn't serve droids or little parasites uh actually you know what mike you want to you want to take the next paragraph and then we'll d- kind of dive yeah, sure. into this okay sure uh miffed but famished gascon has little choice but to follow whack 47's helpful lead a trail of vermin to an alleyway behind the diner in which sits a large pile of discarded food Gascon blanches at the idea of eating refuse. Before he can dig into a disgusting meal, he has more garbage accidentally dumped on him by Gregor, the timid uh, dishwasher working for Borkus. 
Gascon trades disgust for incredulity when he fixes his eyes on Gregor. Despite the dishwasher's nervous demeanor, long hair, and scraggly beard, Gregor is quite clearly a Republic clone. Okay, Mike, so I think we might have a slight difference of opinion on this particular episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? Nothing. It doesn't even get started until we see Gregor. Um, but, you know, here's Life on Abafar. They're trying to show us what Life on Abafar is like. It's dirty. You know, there's not much going on in this town. Uh, but the most sense... You know, this is like the most sense of normal we've seen in the last couple of episodes. It's, it's been yeah. kind of wild, you know. Um, and like Stephen Stanton said last week, or our last episode, you know, it's it's these are this particular uh, arc. You just you have to see it together because after the first two, we were kind of like let down a little bit, uh, didn't know where this was going. But for me, yeah, you know, it kind of kicks in here. Um, seeing Gregor and hearing D Bradley, I was like, wow, you know, I I've kind of missed that. You know what I mean? Where you know yeah, where has yeah. that been? That was kind of a nice, nice little surprise. But uh, you know what? You, I I tend to I've, obviously I saw your post and you weren't too thrilled with this particular yeah. episode. Um, is it more towards the end? Some things you don't like, or uh, are, are we there yet to some some things you don't like, or what exactly? Uh, well, you know, I mean, I, I I don't I can't say that I was disappointed in the first half of the episode. Uh, that it is what I expected. Um, uh, Eric Goldman, who we just recently had on the podcast a little while ago, mm-hmm. uh, he uh, in his review on IGN mentioned the fact that that we have Mieber Gascon eating out of the garbage in the first like five minutes of the episode. And uh, <clears throat> for me, I mean, like to be perfectly honest. I and and I'm not gonna pull punches on this episode because I was really disappointed in it as a whole. That's a real low point in the series to have one of your main characters eating out of the garbage <laughs> for a joke. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like like it is one thing uh, to have a, a, a character in, sort of like in a moment of desperation. I mean, let's let's be fair. Darth Maul, we found him in in a in a worse situation. Mm-hmm. Um. Obviously, we just talked about it. Not one of my favorite episodes with with uh, brothers, but uh, only because it kind of drug on and and could have just gotten through it and onto the good stuff. But I that's not to say that the situation that they put Darth Maul in, I didn't like. I don't appreciate. I do appreciate that. I think that like they set that up for some great storytelling down the road. I uh, and stuff that we've already seen a little bit. Um, but for this, it was almost I. Uh, with this arc, I feel like uh, uh, the previous arc with the younglings, we had a little bit of um, it was it was more youthful, but I wouldn't say it was immature. With this arc, it's been immature, and and mm-hmm. like the the stuff in a sunny day in the void, it's not that it. Um, It's not what happened, it's the way that it happened Mm -hmm. that I don't like. It's not, like I said when Stephen Stanton was on the show on our last episode, and and to be, like, I'm I'm being completely honest here, this is not me, like, like blowing smoke to, to, you know, so that Stephen will come on episodes in the future or something like that. This is my honest opinion. His performance deserved better writing. Mm -hmm. Because his, his embodiment of the character 
was capable of doing so much more. As a performer, we know that he's capable of doing so much more. I mean, this is the same guy who played Tarkin and Moralo Eval, right. right? And now, and now, Mieber Gascon. Those are three characters who could not be more dissimilar from each other in personality, tone, and 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 just vocal Vo- voice, yeah, like range, yeah. just <clears throat> where they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, Stephen is is. As we as as the show goes on and we see him do more and more voices, he's getting up there with like D and 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 James in my opinion. I think he's he's a phenomenal performer. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just he's awesome. Right. And I said that to him when he was on. Um, and and the truth of it for me is that what they're doing with this character, they're missing opportunities and in it, like in favor of doing these goofy things with him. And and the same is can be said for for uh, Wack Forty Seven. I I feel like there's an opportunity to take those two characters and build a relationship with them that we would want to see more of, right? Uh, and and I, I'm I'm not gonna go into it in huge detail because I've talked about it in the last two episodes. But just their interplay from the first episode of being both being looked down on for their stature and where they are in in you know terms of of sort of sto- social status and and that sort of thing for different reasons but but sharing that commonality is a missed opportunity for them to have those two characters be brought together i feel like they've been forced together which is a shame because there was this really organic thing to bring them together in that shared sympathy mm-hmm. right like like they're really they're foils for one another but it's not being explored and uh, like I said, in favor of having a Mieber Gascon go crazy in the desert, and and Whack Forty Seven claim that he wants to be the leader of all the droids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think uh, I, I think this was again from Eric's uh, uh, review on IGN. I imagine if this story had taken place with R two and the Astromech droids. And Wack Forty Seven and Mieber Gascon weren't in it. Imagine the difference in tone and the difference in in uh, how we would receive the story. Because I think that right now we were all just kind of waiting for it to get to the point where the Republic Commando shows up, right? right? I, th- I think that that's what everybody's been sort of we've been waiting with bated breath for for Gregor to show up and to see this Republic Commando in action. And that's a shame because it's an it's two and a half episodes of us waiting for something, and then when we get down there, I'll talk about it. But really, honestly, for me, for a half an episode that was a disappointment, mm-hmm. like that did not live up to the hype of what what we were what we were led to believe, uh, which oh, is yeah. that a Republic Commando was going to be on the show, right. in action. I mean, when we saw the Republic Commandos at C five, uh, they were first re- revealed. I. I uh, Omega Squad, or yeah, Omega, right? That's the one from the games. Right. Delta Squad's the one from the books. I uh, so we saw Omega Squad for the first time. We were told, don't expect a lot. We we had an right. opportunity yeah. to replace models. Like we had some time in the schedule to to work up these models. But now that we have them, in the future we will use them. Uh, it's been a long wait since then. That was the season premiere of season three. And, and it's been a, uh, a long... Or no, sorry, not the season premiere of season three. That was the... 
the beginning of the the Night Sister arc, right? Uh, the the second episode, mm-hmm. the beginning of the second episode, we finally right. saw them in action. Uh, not in action, but in the episode. Uh, right. <clears throat> and so we've been <clears throat> we've been waiting since halfway through season three. Let's put it that way. It's halfway through season three, uh, for a Republic commando to show up, uh, and uh, it was not everything that I was led to believe it would be. And I think that other fans of Republic commandos, I, there's got to be some of them out there. I know that my opinion is not. Uh, I reflective of of the everybody else like uh, generally we're all kind of on the same page with stuff uh, i know that i'm sort of the odd man out you're more in the camp with everybody else who is like but it was awesome and i don't disagree that it wasn't awesome later on in the episode but with the exception of exploding red barrels there was nothing in there that said to me republic commando right. other than his armor yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So, so I mean, we'll talk about that when we get down there. But, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. So it just to start the episode on such a low note of having your character uh, eat out of the garbage for a couple of laughs, and then getting garbage dumped on him. I, I, I just feel like the show is above that. Uh, like we were just talking about the last hundred episodes, mm-hmm. sort of laying the groundwork for for a new series of star wars films and and ongoing star wars stuff for from here until eternity you know um it just this these these gags don't live up to that and i'm all for humorous stuff in in my star wars i love it i mean i love it when uh, some of my favorite episodes of the series are episodes with jar jar i mean like like i said i we were talking about i i what was it? Shadow Warrior. Shadow Warrior. Yeah. Is it is the episode that utilizes Jar Jar Binks the best? Right. Because his jokes serve the story, and although these jokes are serving the story to a certain degree, I uh, they're hitting us over the head like we're idiots. <laughs> yeah, we get it. He's hungry. He's hungry enough to eat out of the garbage. The, I don't think that we needed to go that far. I, I, I like the Bork is kicking him out because he's a little parasite. Mm-hmm. Is was an opportunity for them to uh, explore an aspect of Mieber Gascon's character, and that instead they didn't. Instead, they had whack lead him around the back, following a bunch of bugs to eat out of the garbage. Instead of taking that five minutes. And having having them sort of walk off, and as uh, you know, and 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 Mieber expressing, you know, this is how it's always been. This is how it'll always be. I, I'm I'm deluding myself into thinking that I'll ever be more than 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 a colonel, or like that I'll ever be more than just a map map reader, right? Like, mm-hmm. and and Whack Forty Seven saying to him like, No, look at what we've done. We've recovered it. We just have to find a way off this planet we can still do it you and me together sort of thing right that's a storyline that i think we all would be sitting there going yeah they can do it let's do it let's get off the planet and then when you get the reveal of of gregor you're like well there's the opportunity they've been waiting for right instead what we get is gregor showing up and us going oh good finally geez we can we can stop dealing with all this other stuff and we can get to the cool stuff Right, like you said, oh, it's D. Bradley Baker. We're back into yeah. Clone Wars. Well, 
why did we have to leave Clone Wars, right? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like we didn't have to for the last two and a half episodes, but we did. And uh, and and I don't know. I, I mean, like I've said, I'm not, I'm not putting that on, on uh, the character of Meebur Gascon, uh, or Stephen Stanton who's performing him. Uh, I I I, I got to put that on on the writers, you know that that uh, that are. I mean, it's been three different directors, so you can't really say that that the consistent flaws in the episodes are due to the direction or the producing uh but the all three episodes have been written by brent friedman um and and you know i i mean maybe he's going for something i i uh, just to jump back to last season he wrote the reiko hardeen stuff oh yeah yeah Some good so stuff, i mean yeah. we're not i'm not i i'm not slagging anybody who's trying to say that like brent friedman doesn't know what he's doing obviously he does he's a great writer the reiko hardeen story was great it was awesome i mean the box is is one of the best episodes of the series and crisis on naboo is um has a moment in it that that is part of mythology right like it's oh, yeah. part of the overarching uh uh fabric of star wars so so I I don't know if it was like everybody sat down and went let's do something specific and I'm just not enjoying it it's just not for me uh, or you know like I don't know what it is but but I think it it really just comes down to what I've been saying the last two episodes there's a character here that really deserves better than what he's being given I. Mm-hmm. Uh, because going into this, I was excited. Going into this, the into secret weapons, other people were like, "Come on, we just want the Mandalorian arc." And I was like, "No, you guys don't understand. We're gonna get this arc with these five droids and and this dude Mieber Gascon and and you know Stephen Stanton's coming back to voice somebody and and it's a story about R two D two. How can you not love a story about R two D two? And then we get the blue Clone Wars logo at the beginning as a tribute to him, and then. R2 has been completely side-lined side side, yeah, for these episodes. Now, granted, everything that has happened that has that has gotten them to where they are, like that has been a successful part of their campaign, has been R2-D2. I'm not going to argue with anybody about that, right? Like, uh, with the exception of, like, up until this episode when we get, get Gregor, right? Mm. But I... Uh, that's what we wanted to see. We didn't want to hear about it as like sort of an exposition moment or like a, a side bit of like if they had just listened to R two in the last episode they would have been at the at the city sooner, you know like it it, it just I, I don't know yeah. I don't know. Well, I think you're right. I mean, I, there was I didn't necessarily have a big problem with that, but I did think there was a missed opportunity with with Greer because. I got. I fell into the trap of Republic Commandos are coming on this. You know, mm-hmm. he's going to be here for this whole the rest of the arc, and I can't wait to see yeah. what's going on. And, and after this episode, you're like, "Wow, you know, may, was there a missed opportunity to even even in the beginning?" Well, let's you know what we'll get there. Um, yeah, when we talk about Gregor and and what happened to him. So I'll wait and, and uh, comment on that when we get there. Sure. Um, let me uh, let's see. Gascon quickly assumes Gregor must be working undercover and tries to pull rank on him in order to finish his assignment. Gregor is absolutely bewildered by the by the little Zilkian's claims. He has no idea what a clone is. Gregor rushes back inside when Borkus barks for him to return. So 
Gascon, he immediately recognizes, mm-hmm. you know, he's a clone. And, and now for us, we could do the same thing. It's like, oh, yeah, this, if you see a clone, yeah, of course, you don't see him too much. I'm just talking in the Star Wars universe. I'm surprised that nobody else on Abafar maybe didn't recognize. Obviously, this other guy did, though. This um, What's the what's the dude's name? Borkus. Borkus, yeah. He, that's another question I had about this episode. Um, you know, it was like, what was his... Motivation. Motivation. You know, obviously he saw this crash or he talked about this crash. But, yeah. um, you know, was he doing it on purpose? Was he... So it, so here here's the first point that I'll have about why Gregor shouldn't be a Republic commando. Okay. Uh, which is going to be an unpopular opinion with a lot of people because I know everybody just wants to see a Republic commando. But I, what would have made this a logical storyline is if Borges decided to kidnap, essentially kidnap a, a, a clone trooper because clones are obedient. Mm-hmm. So if he doesn't have a memory, uh, Borkis knows he's a hard worker. He can get the job done. He's able-bodied. Uh, and he'll do what I say right. because he's used to following orders. So, I mean, now Borkis isn't going to have a, a, a working knowledge of, of clone commandos. Uh, and the difference between that and a clone trooper. Uh, so I don't fault him for that. But the clone commandos in the cannons are are uh, generally understood to be less docile and obedient. A lot like ARC troopers, right? Like they're sort of... Um, ARC troopers have almost full freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, in and, and I mean, obviously, we've, we've seen ARC troopers come up in different ways. Uh, in in the Clone Wars, but I uh, but I'm talking about you know like expanded universe stuff. Uh, we know like Arc Troopers don't have any of that programming. They're individuals. They think for themselves because they're bred for command. And and Clone Commandos are sort of like one step below that. They're they're individual, but their individuality is really tightly linked to their their pod, right? Like the their four man squad that they're in. That's why, right? So. Um, I guess that's two points. The first point being that he would not be obedient. So uh, if he was a regular clone, it would have made more sense. The second point being you take a Republic commando out of his squad, he would feel uh, uneasy. He'd be, he'd be, he'd feel wary because they're, they're meant to be in a four person squad. That's they're they're bred and, and raised from, birth to assume that role so for him to be on his own and not with the rest of his squad uh, i'm pretty sure in the in the books in the republic commando books they talk about it because they they have a squad that that's made up of like of three clones from one squad and then you know they lost one and then there was another commando who lost three of his squad and is now in this other squad and he felt out of place even amongst this other squad um and that's sort of like that's the dynamic that's that they're they're so tight with their brothers that that i to be without them would be would make them would make one uneasy so i mean if they had mentioned that and gregor had sort of said you know "I, i don't feel right here i'm meant to be a part of a team something like that that would have made me go oh he is a republic commando but he never said anything like that so in my eyes he's just a clone Mm -hmm. like he he is just a clone trooper um 
You know who had more Republic Commando in him than than this guy? The 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 dude from the Deserter. I Cut Laquane, uh, yeah. Yeah, Cut Laquane. Cut Laquane, if you told me that Cut Laquane was an ARC trooper or uh, or a clone commando, mm-hmm. I would say yes, absolutely. If you told me that he was a clone commando that lost the rest of his squad and that's why he deserted and and started a family, mm-hmm. I'd be like that makes perfect sense because the commandos are their families, right? Each each one of those pods of four mm-hmm. is a family. And so his natural inclination once his brothers were dead would be to start a new family and that would be something that makes him different from from all the other types of clones that there are and so if you told me that i would believe you like Mm -hmm. i would be like yes that that for me lives up to the name of clone commando which i think we've all kind of built up to the it's a special thing it's important it's supposed to mean something so i don't know maybe i'm just being too uh too uh uh (laughs) <laughs> sacrosanct with the with the with the term republic commando but yeah, yeah. Uh, no because I, I tend to be the opposite where i'm like well, whatever guys continuity doesn't matter but i mm-hmm. uh, i don't know this well, just kind of means something to me yeah and, that, and that's something that i i did like i said i did love how this thing kind of the last act of this but mm-hmm. i thought that there could have been um so much more added to this this gregor story especially yeah um, finding out what happened, and, and it's almost like they could have made this episode stretch out into two and not yeah. have whatever, and just finished it up how it finished up, which yeah. we'll get there. But you could have had all this other stuff in. Oh, absolutely. You know about what happened to Gregor and and, and flashbacks and stuff like that. So and you and and you could have made the like sort of get the 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 end goal mm-hmm. more of a mission right. rather than just like running it and shooting, which is what it ends up being. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but we'll get to that. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, oh, one last thing. Mm-hmm. I believe this is the first time we've seen a Celestin. Oh yeah, and then there was the uh, or the Walrus Man too, right? Yes, and we saw the walrus man on the yeah, way. So yeah. there were good things about this episode. And I don't want to say that it's a bad episode. I'm just, my point is just that I'm really disappointed mm-hmm. in what we got. So uh, I'll continue. Uh, Gascon and WAC 47 soon reunite with R2D2 and the rest of D Squad, who have surveyed Ponzora and found it to be patrolled by separatist battle droids. Later, as Borkus closes shop for the night and Gregor ends his shift, he nervously broaches the subject of his origins to his boss. Borkus laughs off, uh, laughs off Gregor's questions. Clones are brave soldiers. Gregor is just a simple dishwasher with a good life. He tells Gregor to stop asking questions. Have a raise, Gregor. Oh, oh no, 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 no. I, I, I don't want to raise. Uh, I, I just wanted to know, what's a clone? As someone told me I was a clone today. They insisted. <laughs> A clone? <laughs> Clones fight battles across the galaxy. They are brave soldiers. Does that sound like you? You're a dishwasher, Gregor. Forget about clones or anything like that. You have good life here. A simple life. More than you had when Borkus found you. I, I know, sir. I appreciate everything that you've done. Believe me. But I, I, I thought maybe you could... Could you tell me, how did I get here? Where did you find me? Enough questions. Go home. Sleep. Come back tomorrow. Do your job. And I don't ever want to hear that word clone again. Understand? So, Mike, you know, this is... um, 
Gregor really doesn't know what the heck a clone is. He obviously had some kind of amnesia, which we find out. But um, this was the question I had was, and I think you answered it, was, uh, you know, Borkus, what is his motivation to not tell, uh, you know, Gregor what he is? Obviously, you know, if he tells Gregor, he starts to remember and boom, he's gone. And like you said, maybe it's just the fact that he knows he's got a loyal, hardworking uh, employee that's never going to question him. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's something that's hard to come by on this planet. I don't know. Uh, but later on in the episode, you almost feel like uh, Borkus is is almost sad that, that he's leaving. So it, it kind of almost conflicted what was going on here. So I was kind of kind of a little confused on, on Borkus's ultimate motivation on on uh, on Gregor. But maybe it is just that. Maybe just you know he's a hard worker that he wanted to keep around. He doesn't want him to, to leave. So yeah. Uh, but uh, I think that's kind of what you were going for earlier. What you were talking about earlier. So. Um, I'll continue. After bickering a bit with WAC-47, Gascon uses his powers of intuition to find the landing pad uh, the Separatist droids must have used as a base here on Pons Aura. In a sunken launch bay, a modified Republic shuttle is being readied for launch. Gascon wants to come near the ship, but D-Squad are likely to be wanted targets. They will need to take the shuttle by force, which means they'll need Gregor. And we just... um, I forgot to mention too that we saw a part, uh, uh, some uh, separatist droids in there. So we, oh okay, mm-hmm. now the separatists are on this planet. It was just a quick, oh okay, just to let you know, separatists are here now. So that kind of throws another wrench yeah. into the into the system. So, um, oh man, I lost my. There we go. But uh, oh, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. We'll, we'll continue. I'll save it for a minute. Yeah, uh, D-Squad follow the mysterious clone as Gregor returns to his vermin-infested hovel apartment. R2-D2 surprises Gregor by projecting a hologram of clone Captain Rex through his apartment window. Gregor is astounded to see his face on a clean-cut soldier. Gascon uses his open- this opening to confront Gregor about his origins. Gregor explains that he awakened one day on a transport that had crashed on Abafar and he has no memory of how he got there. Uh, Mr. Borkus explained that Gregor was found suffering from amnesia, and now he keeps the clone slaving away in his diner. Well, there you go. And uh, f- first of all, Gascon, he shows he, he kind of shows a little smarts here now this time. You know, yeah. he's he realizing that they're separatist droids. Hey, you know, they had to have landed somewhere. Uh, there's got to be some type of landing zone or port or something like that. And he was right. Uh, and... Uh, R2 in the gang. Here we go. We get this um, this hologram, which is kind of cool. You know, you get to see Rex again. Haven't seen him in a long time, but it's just a, a hologram, of course. And uh, Gregor immediately kind of goes, "Whoa," you know, and 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 the uh, mind is starting to to figure this stuff out. So, and this is where I thought that. Uh, well, actually, it's just a little bit after this. Let me. I'll continue. Unless you got something else to say, Mike, I'll continue. No, no. Uh, as Gascon's at Gascon's command, R2D2 scans Gregor for a clone identifying code embedded in his wrist. The droid projects the resulting data. Gregor is a clone, CC5576-39, a captain of an elite commando squad, reported missing in the action at the Battle of Serish. This began stirring memories in Gregor. The hazy recollections were out. Uh, or of a route causing many clone casualties. Gregor may not be able to win that battle, but he can still serve the Republic. 
in a few minutes time he shaves his beard and off uh, and cuts his hair to military standard he is determined to get his armor back where he assumes mr borkus has stashed it so here was it here it is mike you know i'm thinking wow we're gonna get to see you know here i, I think i'm gonna see a flashback because the music starts mm-hmm. to swell almost like hey we're going back in time a little bit we're gonna find out what happened at this battle of of Sarish, I'm like, okay, cool, cool. This is gonna be this is gonna be good, you know. And apparently, this this battle of Sarish, it's a expanded universe uh, comic book um, called Routine Valorous. What I what I found out, and uh, it was available way back in 2006, apparently. So I had no idea what it was. Uh, I just thought that it was gonna be this almost. You remember Jaws when you get the battle the uh, the Indianapolis speech by. Um, uh, Clint, mm-hmm. I don't, have you seen Josh? Okay, yeah. there's this great, great scene with him, and he's talking about what happened at uh, the Indianapolis when it sank and all that. It was just one of those fantastic scenes yeah. in Jaws. Well, and, and that's the moment in the movie when you realize why he's messed up. Yeah, exactly. Sort of like, because because yeah. he's kind of an off guy, and right. you're, oh, you're yeah, kind of yeah. wondering like, what's the deal? And then you finally get this peering inside to as an explanation to why he's so off. Exactly, and, and when he tells the story, it's haunting. Like it, it, it's sort of it, it's chilling the way that he tells the story. Oh yeah, it's, it, it has you mesmerized. And I thought that was going to be an opportunity. Hey, we're going to hear Gregor talk about this battle of Sarish, which is a, obviously a terrible battle. You know, when he's talking about it or Gascon, you see the droids kind of bend over, like eh, you know, it's like this tons of casualties. So yeah. uh, a very emotional scene. Maybe could have been thrown there so that was kind of the scene that i was like okay you could have stretched that out had a cool scene there uh, a backtrack a flashback whatever and then go from there but we didn't get that we just kind of got oh it was the battle of sarish and some people you know his his squad died and he had amnesia and all that so for me just a little bit of a missed opportunity maybe there that's kind mm-hmm. of one of the things that i was hoping to get so uh go ahead mike we'll continue uh, back at the diner, Gregor and D-Squad search for any clues as to the clone commando's past identity, only to find Borkus ready for them, standing in front of Gregor's old military footlocker. As far as Borkus is concerned, Gregor owes him for saving his life from the crash. Borkus cruelly taunts Gregor for being a shadow of his former self, but the astromech rest- astromechs restrain and silence the cruel Celestin. As Gregor and D-Squad depart, Borkus lets slip word of a separatist plot to carry recently mined Rhydonium uh, aboard the captured Republic shuttle to destroy an orbiting Jedi cruiser. Don't leave, Gregor. It's a big galaxy out there. Bigger than you know. Stay here while your life is simple. Simple isn't good enough anymore. Not for this clone. Ha! You will never get off Abafar. You and your little Republic friends. Not after your Jedi cruiser blows up. What are you talking about? Why do you think the Separatists bother coming here? They are mining our Rhydonium to load on the shuttle and destroy your ride home. You will see. You will all be stuck here. Begging Borkus for a job in his diner! <laughs> so, Mike, this is where I, I asked earlier, you know, I didn't I didn't know, like, 
what what Borchers was doing because he let slip about the separatists and the Rhydonium, and and I don't know if that's just common knowledge or if he was in tune to what was going on over there with the separatists. But um, you know, at first he's he's begging Gregor not to leave, so it's like okay, he's he kind of has. Uh, you know, he's been with this guy for who knows how long. I don't think they really said how long he was there. But, you know, he likes Gregor, you know, not just mm-hmm. as a worker. But it sounded like he sort of was like, oh, don't go, Gregor. And then he kind of let slip about the uh, uh, the Rhydonium. Do you think that was something that was slipped on purpose? Or am I reading too much into that? It, was that scene meant – was there more meant to that scene? Or is it just – was that all it was? You know what I mean? Is, is there more that I'm missing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know. That's hard to. That's hard to say. I don't. I don't think that there was anything more. Like I don't think that he had any more motive than than he was just like fine, whatever. If you're gonna go, you're pretty much screwed anyways. You're you're not getting off the planet. You may as well just stay. Like I think it was sort of his last ditch attempt to say like. It's not going to make a difference because by the time you figure out a way off this planet, you're or are up into the. You're, he's. I think he's assuming that that Mieber and the droids have come from that Republic cruiser, mm-hmm. um, okay. which yeah. is obviously false, right? right? Like that's not the situation. So, I yeah, uh, yeah I, I think that's that's the case, and he's like, whatever. You guys aren't even going to get to leave anyways because you're going to go to go back to your. Jedi cruiser and it's going to be blown up so you're stuck here with me right yeah. so I think that's all way and like he says you'll all be stuck working in my diner so mm-hmm. uh, I think I think on a planet like Abafar in a crummy little town like this like Ponzora I Borkus is is probably pretty well off considering yeah the situation so well what about Gregor too I mean he he lost in the scene you know he he has a chance to uh, you know, he's being held at gunpoint by Borgus. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, here we go. He's going to, you know, the uh, the commando is going to snap into action just out of habit, you know, or, or just instinct, right? Yeah, you think I'm, so. Yeah, you, th- you know, I'm thinking, boom, he's going to grab the gun and, and knock, you know, get Borgus down. And they're like, you're going to go like, whoa, you know, he's back. Gregor, the clone commander, he's, you know, everything's there. But he doesn't, man. He has no skill. Uh, he gets thrown around. You're like, wow, okay, he's... This is really, you know, how long has he been there? You know, how much has he forgotten? So this was yeah. kind of odd for me because right after that, he's he's right into clone mode, sort of. And we'll talk about that uh, in a second here, I guess. Uh, Gregor suits up in his Republic Commando armor and uses micro-binocular viewplate to confirm that a Jedi cruiser hangs high overhead and the docked Republic shuttle is being loaded with volatile Rhydonium canisters. D-Squad has a new mission. Stop that show from detonating its target. Gregor volunteers to cover the squad as they roll into the hangar bay. And wow, it was cool seeing him don that helmet, though. And you see all the uh, hash yeah. marks, you know. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty cool. And then, and like you said, Mike, um, you posted in the Facebook group. You know, it's like, wow, it, he really didn't do anything else than a regular clone would do so no uh but go ahead we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it in a yeah second. uh gregor is a crack shot blasting battle droids as d squad heads toward the shuttle droidica reinforcements roll in but gregor is able to neutralize them by blasting nearby rhydonium containers creating a large explosion a stray blast detonates another container sending bz and gascon tumbling Gascon orders D-Squad to save themselves, but Gregor doesn't give up. So, uh, just the one thing I will say, there was one joke in here that was awesome. 
I uh, which mm-hmm. was uh, when that happens and Gascon says go save yourselves and Whack goes okay and just starts running. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But Gascon has a great moment where previously he was a very self, uh, just selfish character, right? Like self motivated, uh, and in this moment he's like, "What? I don't like." He's just finish the job, like just get out of here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean. If I, it, I think if I didn't want his character to be so much more than they've shown us, I would be saying, wow, that was really out of character for him. But I think because I want him to be that character, I'm like, look, finally he did something that we wanted him to do. Like, finally he has a moment. Uh, but but I don't know, maybe what I'm really hitting on there is that uh, they saw an opportunity for a funny joke and they took it, mm-hmm. rather than sticking to the character that they'd established. Um yeah, I don't know. And and I what do you know. think about his skill, though? I think, you know, at the beginning, maybe not. But I think towards this battle as he's fighting, yeah. maybe he does show a little more um, skill than a normal clone would be able to A handle. little bit. There's yeah. a little bit of ingenuity there. Uh, right, But right. I think what you're seeing there is that he's more clever than battle droids, not necessarily more clever than other clone troopers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen regular clone troopers do some pretty crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And come up with some pretty crazy things, and that's the reason why they're clone troopers and not battle droids, because they're able to think for themselves and come up with ways to do things, right? Uh, uh, ways to solve problems and and think outside the box, like blowing up the Rhydonium uh, canisters instead mm-hmm. of just shooting at the battle droids, which he's obviously outnumbered, right? Uh-huh. So, so yes, and like I said, this is the one thing in the entire episode, other than his armor, the only other thing that is like a nod to the fact that he's a Republic commando is that he's shooting at explosive barrels. Mm-hmm. For anybody who's a video game fan, they know if you're playing a video game and you see a red barrel, shoot it and it will blow up. It explodes, right? Like, and it'll do damage to nearby enemies and that sort of thing. So that was a reference, and I appreciated that. That was a reference to video games, not necessarily to Republic Commandos, Mm -hmm. specifically. Like, maybe to the Republic Commando video game, and I'll give them that. But here's the thing. I'll, I'll tell you what a Republic Commando is from a technical standpoint. Like, let's not even... I've already talked about, like, the... Uh, their their social structure and like all the things that make them really interesting characters in novels but I'll tell you it, from a video game standpoint the reason why the Republic Commandos were different was because they wanted to make a video game about clone troopers but you couldn't just be a boring clone trooper it, you weren't just going to run around with guns and shoot stuff uh, they wanted to do something more interesting so they came up with this idea of, of it being squad based mechanics and that each squad member serves a certain purpose and has a certain specialty, mm-hmm. whether it's demolitions, uh, sniping, command, or technical. So, like, as in, like, uh, like slicing and stuff like that, like, like um, hacking and, and and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are those are the four the four sort of aspects of, of a of a Republic commando. We didn't get to see any of those four aspects in Gregor. in Gregor. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe explosives because he knew that the Rhydonium would blow up. 
you might be able to make an argument that he was a demolitions expert. There was nothing about his uniform, about his his uh, uh, his his armor that told you that he was one of those three special, one of those four specialties. Um, since it's more generic, that leads me to believe that he would be command. So maybe that's why we didn't see as much of of the like specialty stuff because boss doesn't really have a specific thing that he's good at other than telling the others what to do and then he's good at everything right so that brings me to my other point about the 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 technical aspect of republic commando the dc fort uh is what what ones dc 14s are the ones that regular troopers have right i believe so yeah i think it's a dc 44 that the blaster uh yeah that that republic commandos have uh, which is an enhanced rifle that is specifically made to that it has a bunch of mounting uh, uh, racks and stuff like that on it. Um, so the idea being that in, in in a certain situation, you can pull out your sniper scope and long range barrel, attach it to the gun, and and now your 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 blaster has become a bla- uh, like a sniper blaster like a sniper rifle mm-hmm. um which we had an opportunity right at the beginning when they were sort of scoping everything for him to not use macro binoculars or electro binoculars but instead to pull out the pieces reassemble his gun and then use the scope and and like take a survey of the situation with that and then with the demolition stuff he could have reconfigured it into the grenade launcher which I'm pretty uh-huh. sure is what what the other configuration is, uh-huh. and then I, I we could have seen him do something technical. Like we could like this is the thing is that Republic Commandos are are versatile. They have all of these different talents, but all we saw him do was shoot a blaster rifle uh-huh. at exploding barrels. Rex could have done that. I mean, Rex would have done more than that. Rex wouldn't have needed the exploding barrels. We know that, right? Like, that's... He's Captain Rex. We also know that, that you know, like, a bunch of other captains, like Cody, Commander Cody wouldn't need that. A bunch of the ones that we've met, the, the ARC troopers and stuff like that. Like, like we know a, bu- a handful of, of, of uh, clone troopers that, that wouldn't have needed that edge. They would have been able to just take down everything, Right? Uh, and go down fighting and that sort of thing. I uh, all this guy did was shoot things. That's mm-hmm. it. Hey, he rolled around a little bit and he took cover. So like there was nothing about it that made him a commando. We we didn't really see inside his helmet very much. I uh, the opportunity to see inside his helmet and get a little bit more of the like first person nod to the to the to the video games would have been cool. The other thing that's a huge part of that armor that is one of the best parts of the video game is the vibroblade in the uh, in the gauntlet. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the coolest things that you get to do in that video game is like you'll run up to a bad guy and you'll you'll be shooting off blaster bolts and you know you'll the blaster will go click cuz you're out of ammo. So you just run up to a dude and you just jam that electro uh, that that vibroblade into its face whether it's a droid or it works the best on geonosians but i uh, you know like it, that is one of the coolest parts of the game and that's one of the coolest parts of their armor 
and to not get to see that it's like well then why is he a republic commando he could have been anything mm-hmm. do you think right. that do you think that because th- well this is the reason why i think you could have had more than one episode featuring Gregors because mm-hmm. you know like like they showed you know he wasn't all there you know he forgot things he yeah you know his skill level had diminished because he hadn't been using it so maybe maybe that's the case why they didn't want to go from uh, that scene where he couldn't even fight off Borkus with a little tiny you know with his blaster to full-on commando mode I don't know I'm just trying to think out loud of what what their thought process was of this and maybe that's why like I said they could have used another episode where he kind of getting yeah. his his bearings back and and maybe see some more clone real clone commando stuff like you're talking about i don't know um i'm gonna be honest i don't think that they thought about it or if they did think about it they decided against it for whatever reasons whether it was was uh budget uh time whatever right Right. like I, i there has to have been a reason because i know in in hearing Dave Filoni talk about the Republic Commandos that mm-hmm. he knows he knows about them he understands why they needed to be in the Clone Wars I yeah it just I, I don't know I, 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 I Anthony Rice posted on Facebook while we're recording actually uh, in response to I uh, to, to my post from from uh, Friday Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm with Mike on this. I was hoping to see him do a few more things than shoot some droids. Mm-hmm. However, the the behind the scenes short on StarWars.com implies that we may see him again sometime. So maybe we will get to see some more Commando action. So I mean, uh, and we'll talk about it in a second. But you know, whether it's Gregor or we see other clone Commandos in the future, I. Uh, hopefully, the next time we see a clone Commando, we'll actually get to see them do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, you know what this is like? This is the best analogy that I can make. If you had an entire episode with Obi-Wan Kenobi in it, and, uh, well, okay, I, w- I won't use that example because, no, uh, even when he was Reiko Hardeen, he still used the Force. Right. So an entire episode with Obi-Wan Kenobi, he never made one witty joke about something, and he never once used the Force. Mm-hmm. You would be right. disappointed. You'd be like, "Well, that wasn't Obi Wan Kenobi then. That could be anybody. Mm-hmm. That could have been any character. If he, if he, if Obi Wan Kenobi was running around with a blaster rifle, and and getting angry all the time, you'd be like, "Well, that's not Obi Wan Kenobi." So to have a clone commando running around just shooting stuff and not, I. Uh, not being tactical, not using a, a variety of different weapons not using an arsenal of gadgets and such you would be upset about it and that's that's where i'm at is that that's what we got we got a clone commando who was not a clone commando mm-hmm. the the only reason why we know that is because his armor looks different and his service record said so mm-hmm. yeah but it was one of those it's one of those things where uh, usually the Clone Wars is really good at this, but every once in a while they come up short, uh, and it's show don't tell, right? Like don't tell me that he's a clone commando. Show, show me, me he's a clone commando, right? Yeah. I don't want to have to be told. Like we didn't have to be told that that um, that Echo is Echo or Fives. It's Fives that ends up being a, a 
an arc trooper, right? Mm-hmm. Or no, it's Echo and Fives, and then and then Echo dies. Then Echo dies, right? Yeah. yeah, but we didn't have to be told that they were good enough. We knew, right? Like the the yeah. the story and what happened with those characters told us that they were good enough to take a position alongside Rex or any of the other captains or or commanders or anything like that. Like we saw through their actions that they were good enough to be considered that. So then when they were made arc troopers, although it wasn't flying in the face of continuity and there were some people that were upset about that, nobody was upset about whether or not they had the skill, right? Like nobody said, well, we didn't really see them do anything that an arc trooper would do. Like, yeah, we did. We saw plenty. We saw tons from those characters. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, like, they, they just, they've missed opportunities. I, I don't know what it is. And, and I, can't, I can't pinpoint it and say it without talking with, with some of the people who put these episodes together. Right. But there is something missing from this story. There is something really, really missing, and I don't. Maybe it was a rush. Maybe it was. Uh, I I don't know. Like I mean, you. I think you'd really have to talk to Brent Friedman or Dave Filoni, and say, what happened? Like you, it. You guys had a really clear idea, mm-hmm. but it it just did not come through. And you know what? Sometimes that happens. It happens in everything. Uh, it happens in movies and TV and music and and anything creative you have this germ of an idea and you think like this is what we're gonna do and you lay it out and and uh for whatever reason it just doesn't just doesn't happen the way that you right wanted it to so yeah well um all well let's finish it up here uh he runs uh, gregor runs into the thick of a firefight and writes uh the tipped beezy Gregor covers Beezy's retreat as WAC-47 powers up the shuttle engines. Gascon watches the escape craft lift off. Rather than risk the shuttle, Gregor orders the shuttle to continue as he sacrifices himself in an enormous explosion to stop the droids. Gascon vows to bring Gregor's heroic story back to the Republic and watch for the clone commando's return. R2's right! We can swing back around and pick you up! Don't worry about me! You made me remember who I am! I'll make my way home, I promise! Now go! Where is Gregor? Where is Gregor? He's doing what a soldier does. Sacrificing himself for the lives of others. Take your heroic story back to the Republic, and we will watch for your return. And Mike, you know, I thought this was actually my favorite part of the episode, obviously. Uh, I kind of loved what they did there. Gregor, he realizes he has to sacrifice himself to mm-hmm. ensure the escape of, of Gascon and the, and, the, and the droids. But the loyalty of these clones is, is unquestionable. And, and even Gregor, who who you know he only just realized 
you know, who he was, you know, it started to come back to him. He still sacrifices himself. Yeah. Or, or, or did he? <laughs> so, you know, as, as I'm watching this, I'm thinking, wow, you know, this is a pretty powerful moment. Um, like I said, the final act, the music, uh, the c- cinematic look of, of the battle and the explosions and the way it panned out. And, and I thought, wow, you know, this is, yeah, it's sort of a copycat thing. Like, you know, we've seen it before. The hero goes down and all that. You know, we, we've kind of seen yeah. it. But, you know, it still doesn't mean I don't like it. it. I thought it was great. You know, like I said, the music and all that, it swelled up. So, um, you know, you're thinking, wow, he's he's sacrificing himself for these people, this republic um, that he swore to, to protect. But, you know, it sounds like, well, did he or did he not? We, we don't really know yet. So what do you think of the ending here? Uh, you know, uh, it, it, like you said, it's not like it's something we haven't seen before. Uh, right, and I right. think uh, we kind of, we, there were there were foreshadowing moments throughout the episode that this is what was going to happen. So, yeah. Um, it was definitely disappointing that that you know all this build up to get to a republic commando and then he's dead already. Republic commando for ten minutes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and then he's uh, quote unquote dead. Um, I mean, honestly, here here's here's my guess. It sounded like he had a plan to right. me, and that plan was to ignite all of the barrels and to create this huge explosion, taking out all of the droids. Republic Commandos, one of the reasons why their suits are so big is because, they A, they have extra armor. I was just going to ask you that, yeah. B, they're mechanically enhanced. Like, uh-huh. they're, 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 uh, like their movement and strength is enhanced by, by hydraulics and stuff like that. And uh, the biggest thing, the reason why, is because their suits are, are they actually generate a, a shield. Like they have a shield generator on. Okay, so I was just gonna ask you that is is that we why we didn't see him? Yeah. We didn't see him use any of his shields in that. We didn't see him use his shield generator at all. And since we're not talking about the video game where your shield generator is automatic and it just kind of comes up, you could imagine that he has control over it and can turn it on and off when he needs it. So, in that scenario, if he knows that he's about to ignite all of these canisters he could divert all of his power to his shield generator mm-hmm. and pop a barrel and theoretically be like hope to be protected it, i'm sure that it was a gamble and a risk but it was a risk that he's willing to take and right. when we see him again he his armor might not exactly be intact but you know he'll still be alive alive yeah so i okay. I, I think i think that's where that's where that could go if you want to justify it. It's either that or he found something to take shelter under while he blew all that stuff up. Okay. Yeah, I you know, like I said, I don't I don't know too much about the commandos, but that's the only thing I can think of was well, he's either he either just did sacrifice himself and didn't make it or somehow that clone uh, commando armor uh, is able to to shield him a little bit from from all those blasts. So I guess we'll find out. Maybe well, maybe we'll find out next week. Uh, we'll see. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, it's. I thought this episode was for this arc. I mean, I I, I enjoyed it, especially the end there. Um, definitely thought they could have gone. You know, and this is easy. Like I said, it's really. I said this before. It's easy to armchair quarterback this series and go. Well, they could have done this and that and. Yeah, you know, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but yeah, that would be kind of cool to see him break off a little bit and tell us a little bit of the story of Gregor and 
and what happened and this battle especially seemed like it would be kind of interesting to hear about that but we'll find out what happens uh next week as we close out this particular arc so um you ready to hit the mailbag mike yeah let's do it all right wait a minute play back the entire message where are those transmissions you intercepted he is carrying a message from an everyone kenobi i was beginning to wonder if you'd got my message i saw part of the message you i seem to have found it all right, we're hitting Facebook this week, Mike, and we got, so, uh, I think, a new poster here. His name is Mark Monahan, and he posted it up in the Facebook group. What other Jedi would you like to see an episode focus on? And we got some responses. Uh, Kyle Avery, he's wanted to see <clears throat> Quinlan Voss and Shaq T and CC10, and maybe even a young Rom Kota. Ooh, that is interesting. I like that. Uh, Jason Boyd, more Shaq T, CC10, and Kit Fisto, big Kit Fisto fans, Jason. Um, Mark, he said Kit Fisto and Master Plo. We haven't seen him in a while. The same with Jazz from Norway. He wants to see uh, some Plo Koon. Uh, Walter Onasiewicz, he says Anakin Skywalker. We haven't seen him in a while. It's kind of funny. And uh, Jeff Balcom, uh, he wants to see Ada Secura. But uh, for me, um, yeah, you know, I, I loved when we saw Quinlan Voss. That was season three, I believe, right, Mike? Uh, with yeah. him in, in, in Cabin and all that. So definitely liked his his style and his his way about him he was kind of like the the free spirit or something like that kind of like a qui-gon maybe a little bit um had some had that crazy force power where he's able to to was it touch and see visions if i remember right mike yeah um, yeah so yeah definitely definitely uh quinlan Voss is kind of cool and i love his rom coda from the force unleashed uh, you know a canon video game how cool would it be to be uh to see him yeah, so. I like I, I I had this uh, moment when I was reading that on the on the Facebook page, I uh, on the group where I was like, oh, leave it to Kyle to throw <laughs> out the most ridiculous the suggestion. Like, like yes, I agree with you, Kyle. I would love to see Rom Coda in some sort of canon. Form, much like we finally got to see Quinlan Voss, right? Um, right. I think that is asking a lot. <laughs> I think it's very unlikely that you would get Rom Coda because it would be one of those situations where then you have to go, okay, well, would they then get the voice actor that played him in the video game? Uh, and there's 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 lots of reasons why they could or could not, right? Um, uh, they'd have to worry about that storyline, which is something that I think they would rather not have to do. Not that they couldn't do it. Obviously they could write a story. They, they, you know, about him and his militia and whatever. Um, honestly, if you wanted to, to have Rom Coda in a story, uh, maybe you missed our opportunity and he should have been the Jedi in the, uh, in the war on two fronts the the Andron arc. I mean, you want to talk about a Jedi with a militia? <laughs> we already got that story at the beginning of the season, so I, I it's unlikely that I that we'll get that story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I'm with uh, I'm I'm with Kyle. Uh, I'd really like to see Sicey Tin have a have his own story. I don't think that's a character that that we've really gotten much no. of. I know right. we've seen him a, a couple of times in the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that we've heard his voice once. Um, I would love to to get to know that character. Um, he's a he's a 
ace fighter pilot so a story with him and Anakin could be really cool um, obviously Kit Fisto uh, obviously having Plo Koon come back I would love to get a story with Kit Fisto and Plo Koon together I feel like those two characters uh, would work well together I think that there's a there's a there's a there could be a cool interplay there's a there's a comic story about them on uh, on an ice planet like on a in in cold weather gear uh, and I have the action figures and uh, that story though that comic I uh, it's a short story I uh, but it was I think it was a free comic book day story hmm. um that story no that no I'm thinking of something else uh, it might have actually been a three-parter I uh, that story to me felt like an episode um in the same way that that we got we got a three-part episode out of the the slaver arc mm-hmm. right so um yeah like i feel like like they could do something similar there and adapt that story um but they'd have to change some stuff because asajj ventress was a bad guy in it so <laughs> maybe it's <laughs> yeah. better left to that but i i just i remember reading that story and enjoying the, those two characters together so I'd love to see more of that. Um, yeah. So those would be the two, the, the biggest ones on my list would be uh, Cy 10 getting his own story uh, uh, that focuses on him and, uh, and, and to get a story with, with Kit Fisto and Plo. Kit Fisto. Yeah. Would be okay. really cool. Yeah. Right on. There you go. Um, let's hit next week. Uh, we're going to finish out. Like I said, we're going to finish out this particular arc. Yep. And it is called the uh, point of no return. Uh, the D Squad discover that uh, the deserted deserted cruiser is loaded with explosives and headed toward a space station hosting a Republic conference. And uh, let's take a quick listen to what's going on next week. Sergeant Colonel Meber Gascon. You have no doubt been expecting me. I am delivering the Separatist encryption module. Why, it's just a hologram. What in the blazes is going on here? And it looks like uh, D Squad is not out of the woods yet, Mike. Uh, some I don't know. Did you get a chance to see that little tiny? I preview? didn't. No, no, they okay. didn't play it this week uh, after the episode. Sometimes yeah, Teletoon will will play the the next week on, but most of the time they don't. It sounds. It looks like it was just right after they um, take off from Avafar, and they're going to hit that Republic shuttle, and uh, they go in, and he ha- goes to hand over the uh, the chip. And everything yeah. is, um, what do you say? Everything is uh, uh, holograms or whatever. So I don't know what's going on, if this is a trick or uh, I guess we'll find out. But yeah, not out of the woods yet. So that's coming up next week. That is going to do it for this week, though. Mike. Yeah, that's it for us. Hit it. Uh, you can uh, uh, get in contact with us uh, over, check our, out our stuff at clonewarspodcast.com. Uh, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Clone Wars podcast on Twitter at twitter.com slash Clone Wars and uh, and send all of your comments, questions, and feedback 
to mail at clonewarspodcast.com. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody. Yes. And uh, uh, we will catch you guys next week on Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. See you guys next week. Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Brought to you, of course, by StarWarsDaily.com. The force is strong with you all. And it will be with you always.